Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. We're going to go two and a half months in this thing. Anybody excited for two and a half months of (laughs) preaching on the Holy Spirit? No, just two of us. Amen. Okay. (laughs) There'll be two of us at least here. Um, We're going to to discover the Holy Spirit and what it means to actually live as the empowered, uh, what Scripture calls the empowered life. And so I want to just say welcome again and um, if you're visiting, I hope this speaks to you and, and encourages you. But this is for this house. This is, this is an equipping time of this house called Oasis. And God has really put this in our hearts to do this, to equip us to be the people he has called us to be here in this city and, and, and wherever you may call home. I know we have people that come in from different parts of, of the area. So um, this was a sermon series that we thought we should, should have taught a, a year ago. This was planned out. This was orchestrated a year ago. And we just felt the Lord say, stop, pause, wait. And as we internally, I really feel like 2020 really caused us, you guys know this, caused us to reflect and come to grips with where we were at as a church and really um, say yes to the Holy Spirit's work of turning this thing upside down. We really did that. We gutted the house over the course of um, October, November, December, came in to Oasis in the beginning of the year and just felt like the Lord put a fresh vision, a fresh calling, a a new mantle on this house. And so as we've walked into those places uh, into that new calling, I should say, uh, we really felt like this is the time for us to understand and come to grips with, as a church body, who is the Holy Spirit and what is the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. So last week, I kicked off just this, this really overarching concept that's very important for us to, to come to grips with. If you're not here, go listen. But this, this idea that, that the simple truth when it comes to living the empowered life of the Spirit is this, the Holy Spirit is the promise of God the Father to keep us connected to Jesus. You got to understand this before we go into what does the Holy Spirit do in us? What does the Holy Spirit do through us? What is the Holy Spirit? What what does it mean to give a prophetic word? What does it mean to speak in tongues or pray in tongues? We're going to go there and I look forward to it and I'm excited. But the, the essence of what we have to begin with, the foundation baseline of this house is this. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to keep us connected to the Father. And everybody can say amen to that. It's the new, the Holy Spirit is the new and eternal covenant given to us. So last week we learned that the empowered life starts with the fact that we are connected to Jesus. Now more than ever, we need to catch that. To actually be empowered to do the things that God's called us to be, it starts with being connected to Jesus. That God the Father has always desired for us, his people, for people that still don't know him, that will come to know him. God's desire, the creator of this universe, the one that knit you together, put you together, the entire uh, creator of all this stuff, his desire is to be connected with you. Come on, that's good news. That he actually wants to be intimately connected to you. Oh man, I, I just, I could preach that for an hour and just, just keep saying that over and be blessed. He wants to be connected to you in that pursuit of connection all throughout this thing, this, the, the Bible, the word of God. We believe it. it's this whole entire book is a pointing to the, the connection that God is pursuing people. 
trying to connect people back to his heart, calling people out of, out of sin, calling people out of destruction, calling people out of identities, calling people out of false worship, calling people out back to the heart that was the beginning of this whole thing in the garden. The whole thing about God is this. He desires to be connected with you. If you're here today, and I, I feel like this is for someone, and you think God's mad at you and he's upset at you and he's gonna beat you upside the head, let me tell you, he loves you. He's crazy about you. Is he cool with the sin and the destruction? Absolutely not. But he still loves you. And he call, he's calling you to, to an intimacy, to a, a holiness, to a, a connection like never before. And so we discovered last week, Ezekiel chapter 36, the prophetic call of, of the Spirit of God coming and making bone, uh, giving hearts that were filled with stone to become hearts of flesh. And we're, we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks. It was a call for, for the nations, for the 12 tribes, and now us Gentiles to, to come back. And it's the whole idea of us being connected. Being connected is our very first priority. Can I say this again? Because that didn't hit the way that it needed to. The very first priority as a believer of Jesus Christ is this, to be connected to him. It's not to serve. It's not to give. It's, it's not to put on a potluck. It's not to love your neighbors. That's important and necessary. But it's to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength to be connected to him. This is good news that our God loves us so much that he deeply desires our connection with him. And I believe in the empowerment of the Spirit. It is the promise for us. It is the promise for the church. It's the hope of the world that the church would rise up and be people that are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and go into a city, go into your places that are dark, that are heavy, that are plagued with wickedness and walk in with the empowerment, the connection of Jesus, the empowerment of the Spirit and begin to see breakthrough. I don't just say that to rile myself up. I believe that's the gospel. That's the word. And it starts with connection. And so I'm going to read a lot today. This is going to be new for some of you. I'm not going to be running around the stage. I'm going to do my best. to. They brought a stool. I asked them for it. I may sit down. I may not. We'll see what happens over under. I'm not really sure on how that's going to go, but I'm going to read a lot today. Is that all right? And as I was thinking this week about um, this sermon series and this topic, I wanted to make sure that we understood before I go into this very first teaching on the Holy Spirit, I wanted to make sure that we understood some things that we believe in this house. Is that all right? This is not something I just came up with. This is not something that I just thought, oh, this is a really good idea. This is something that we've based our, our house off of scripture, off our oversights and over our elders and all that stuff. But I want to just give some introductory statements that we believe in this house. So, so stay with me. All right. Cool. Capiche? Everyone's like, what's that mean? I want us to be a church that is thirsty. I'm not talking the... I want us to be a church that is thirsty and hungry for more. Thirsting for righteousness. Hungry for righteousness. I want us to be a church that is never satisfied. And when I talk about church, I'm talking about all of us. I want us to be a church that desires more of him every single day. I want you that are young, when you get into your 70s and 80s and 90s, if the Lord allows, I don't want to ever be that old. I want to go meet Jesus. I love you, babe. But if I get into my 90s, like, anyways, bad joke. I should have kept that in. I want more. Every day, I want more. 
I want more of his presence. I want more of him. I want a deeper connection. The reality is this is that's that's available for us. There's always more with Jesus. There's always more to learn. There's always more to grow in. There's always more outpouring. There's always more infilling. There's always more with him. It's time for us as a church to dive into what it actually means to live people live as people that are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Over the course of five years, we've talked about the Holy Spirit. We've, we've talked about the book of Acts. We've, we've given prophetic words, and we've, we've kind of laid a foundation. But I think it's time for us and all of us, not just some of us, to kind of see. We've been, we've been waiting in the shallow end of the pool. We've kind of got our feet wet. Or maybe our toes wet, some of you. Like, I'm not even getting my feet wet. I'm just the, the Holy Spirit. Like, I don't. I think it's time for us to all just jump in, deep end, dive right in. And come to an understanding of what it is it has been called to us, what, what we have been called to do in this season and in the seasons ahead to be people that are empowered. I, I want and believe that we are called to see more as a body, more in this city, see more of what was seen and witnessed by the early church. How many of you read the Bible? Well, I don't know why I'm sitting like this. How many of you believe uh, when you read the Bible, you're like, that's a really cool moment? No, just three of us. You don't read the splitting of the red and go like, that one must have been, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall for that one, a fly on the wall, like a fly maybe on a cart somewhere, horse cart. You don't read the, the word and go, that was, that's surreal. Feeding five, 15, 20,000 people with some fish and some, seeing a, a person that couldn't walk stand up and start walking, seeing a guy that's blind, Jesus rubs some dirt, Nobody else reads the Bible this way? I'm like, yo, that's wild. TMZ would be all over Jesus. And so we read it and we go, that's cool for them. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. So as a body, I want us to see what the word talks about. I want to believe that there's more that we, we hear and we see people that were fully dependent, completely interacted with and spoke of and spoke with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was their life source. Jesus left them. Jesus was there, did all these miracles, all these signs, all these wonders, dies, raises to life, comes into the room through the wall, scares the mess out of them, and then stays with them for a couple more days, and then says, I'm leaving so that the promise that has been promised, even through the prophets, even from, will come to pass. I'm going to leave. The, the Spirit of God is going to come. Could you imagine those brothers and sisters? What are you talking about? You're going where? We just gave our lives to you. We just gave up our, our fishing nets. We just gave up our, our work. We just gave up everything to follow you, and now you're leaving us? He's like, no, I'm leaving so you can have my spirit. Could you imagine the dependency upon the spirit for those people? They were like, well, if Jesus said so. They were getting persecuted, actually killed. And you know what they needed? More of the spirit of God. Stephen was getting killed, stoned to death. And he's just like, more of you, Holy Spirit. I'm picking up those rocks and throwing them. Right back. No. The Holy Spirit was everything for them. 
And I believe it's still possible that what was common for the believers of the early church has sadly become uncommon for us today. I'm not taking shots at the whole church. I'm talking about our house here, okay? That, That I want to see a church that is so connected to Jesus and his ways that we don't just read about the miracles and acts, but we experience them. That we experience them. The book is called Acts, the Acts of God. That we're available and ready for the New Testament church. The New Testament church. Guess what we're a part of today? The New Testament church. That we can see this. Well, it's not about experiences, Pastor. It's not about emotions. The Old Testament was all about experiences. The New Testament has experiences of experiencing God in supernatural ways that it's all throughout Scripture. I'm not sitting here saying be super highly emotional and go after experiences. I'm just saying when the Holy Spirit comes and begins to take his place in your life, you begin to experience God in a way that you've never experienced him before. Amen, Pastor. That's a good word. I want my children, my son, my soon-to-be-any-day-now daughter, baby Eden. Baby Eden. Isn't that a good name? Eden. I just told him the name. I hope that's all right, babe. I've done it like three times. Praise the Lord. I want my children. I want your children. I want you. I want your marriages. Shoot, I want your dating relationship. I want your friendships. Better yet, God wants it for you to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in every facet of your life. I want to see the salvations and the multitudes. I want to see biblical justice flow through this city. I want us to see the kingdom. I want to see kingdom identities received. I want healings. Not not, not because I want to see some magical thing happen. It's because it's who Jesus said he was and what the Holy Spirit has promised us. I want to see businesses birthed, ideas and concepts. I I want you to be the best worker you could ever be in your office space. How many of you know that as believers of Jesus Christ, we are called not to be lazy? Oh, I don't even have time to go into this tangent, but I want to so bad. Generation rising up, we are entitled to nothing. And all the older people are like, hey man, give it to them. Just keep going. I've been trying to tell them this for years. Finally, a young guy, 34, is telling them, preach it. <laughs> we're entitled to nothing. You know what the, what the word says that we're, we're entitled to? Working hard. Laziness is not good. Just go read Proverbs. There's your blessing. Anoint that. I want to see high school students filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to see elementary kids filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to see families reconciled. I want to see entire households getting saved and baptized, just like we saw in Acts. Do you know something that's cool about that? When Jesus invades a home, every time in Acts, the whole family got saved. Even the, even the second cousin that was just there because the food was there, he's like, what am I doing here? Come here, buddy. Prays over him. He gets anointed in the spirit and he dunks him. And he's like, what is that? I don't know what this is. It's the Pentecostal in me. The whole house got saved. I want to see anxiety and depression released. I want to see mental illness healed. Oh, pastor, why do you have to go there? Because we can have a sound mind in Jesus' name. We can have the mind of Christ. I'm not sitting here saying, guys, I've been, in, I've been in stints and moments of depression. I've, I've walked through seasons that are really dark. But the Spirit of God did not leave me there. Are you doing all right? Where's the Scripture? It's coming. 
I want to live how they lived in Acts, full of power, full of generosity, full of faith, full of believing for the impossible, never satisfied, always willing to give up their lives for the gospel. So there's, there's, there's testimonies and stories about some of, the, some of the men and women of faith early on. They were just like, kill me, take me to Jesus. I'm not there yet. But they were so willing and so just ready to do whatever Jesus, by the Spirit's power, called them to do. I want this. I think deep down we all want this, right? I think if you're really honest with yourself, you're not satisfied. You're actually, you're actually going through this thing called faith, and you're like, is this really all that it is? Is this it? Billy Graham, how many, how many of you are familiar with Billy Graham? Billy Graham, legend of the faith, like, like just a powerful man of God. They asked him a question. At the end of his life, like he's coming to the end of his, his life, and they asked him a question like, Billy, what's, what's the one thing you think that the church needs to be aware of now more than ever before? Now, Billy Graham had preached crusades, filled stadiums. If you've ever seen videos or ever watched teachings, like, like he's kind of a, a legend in the faith. Not kind of. He is a legend in the faith. And he says this, and it, it struck me. He says, everywhere I go, I find that God's people, I think we have it. It doesn't say the world. It doesn't say people that don't know. It says, I go everywhere, and everywhere I go, I find that God's people lack something. They are hungry for something. Their Christian experience is not all they expected. They often have reoccurring defeats in their lives. Christians today are hungry for spiritual fulfillment. The desperate need of the nation today is this. That men, and women, that men and women that profess Jesus be filled with the Holy Spirit. I read that. I said, oh, Lord, help us. God's people. Why are we talking about the Spirit? Why are we going after the Holy Spirit? Because it's, a, it's the thing that keeps us from the reoccurring defeats in our lives. It keeps us from the mundane, monotonous walk of faith. How many of you believe that Christianity is not to be some cold, walked-out thing that's filled with, I just, I, I love Jesus. Hell lost another one. <laughs> yep, hell lost another one. I'm thankful to God for it. I'm not sitting here, you have to be like emotionally jumping up and down like the kids. But I, I think I, I am personally as your, as your pastor. I'm tired of seeing people fall to the same habitual stuff over and over and over again. And I think the, the solution today is the spirit of the living God. I'm tired of seeing people walk into the presence of God or just better yet, living your lives out daily, knowing that you're a believer, you love Jesus. He's not mad at you. This is not condemning. This is an invitation. All throughout this time, it's an invitation. But where we're just like, I love Jesus, but I have zero joy. And so what happens is, is you go look for joy in all the wrong places. Instead of going, no, the Holy Spirit woke me up today set my feet on solid, level ground, gives me wisdom. Actually, I was reading Psalms 143 all week. I woke up on Monday. The Lord just said, read Psalms 43. I, I know it sounds weird. I just really, I never get like, like I'm, not, I'm usually the guy that just opens up my Bible. No, none of you do that. Like I get to my, I'm just like, oh, this is where we're at today. Funnier in my head than anything out there. And I walked out to the couch this week and, and the Lord said, Psalms 143. I said, okay. I read that thing. I encourage you to go read it. It says that the spirit of God will place your feet on level ground. 
That the Spirit of God actually wants to speak to your daily lives. That actually wants to direct. We're in this generation where it's like, well, I don't know if God's telling me to do it. No, God actually wants to tell you everything. No? I've learned in my life, I've been practicing this, that, that even if I go to get the, 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 the freezer to open up the freezer and there's ice cream right there, I go, Holy Spirit, do you want me to eat this ice cream? Begging him to say yes. And if I hear an inclination of no, Holy Spirit, do you want me to buy this cup of coffee today? It's my fifth one. I really need it. It's been a long day. I, I just need it. And he says, no. I go, Okay. Holy Spirit, do you actually want me to have a conversation with this person that's, a, that's across from me at the coffee shop? And I, I know they're hurting. I, it's all over them. I see it. I sense it. I feel it. Do you actually want me to take away from my time and actually go invest? I've been practicing this because the reality is this, is that's the life of a believer, to be led by the Spirit of God day in and day out. No choice, that is, too small, no choice is too small or too big that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to speak into. That's a good word, Pastor. And so I want a church that is, isn't scared of the Holy Spirit, but also rooted in strong theology of the Spirit. I, I don't want to just uh, separate two. Churches somehow have separated themselves. They're, they're either a Bible church or the crazy Pentecostal charismatic church, Holy Spirit-filled church. <laughs> and if you've grown up in church, you know what I'm talking about. There's a, oh, we're the, we're the Bible teaching church. We're the flags church. I can say that I grew up in it. I'm all about it. And somehow it's like we've divided it. Can I tell you something? It was never meant to be divided. It was meant to be like this. Strong theology, strong teaching and preaching, but Holy Spirit anointing. In this church, this is what I desire for us to have strong theology, to have great teaching. To, to understand what the word is saying. I am being stretched now more than ever. I, I am finding myself reading books on things that I never thought in a million years I'd be. I'm reading a book called The Theodicy of Love. I have to read the pages 27 times each. I'm like, Lord, just give me supernatural wisdom here. But it's showing me and revealing so much of the Father's heart. I want strong theology, but I want us to experience the Spirit of God. That's what we want at this church. Having both matters, the Bible and the Holy Spirit, thinking and feeling, teaching and preaching and worship that's anointed by the Holy Spirit, the gospels and signs and wonders. What does scripture say? That when we are commissioned to go, what does it tell us? To preach the word. We all love that. Witness to people. We all love that. And then it says, cast out demons. <laughs> what? And heal the sick. I think all those three things can happen. Justification of Jesus' blood in our lives, powerful prayer and speaking in tongues, prophetic words flowing, covered by the words of God, hospitality, generosity. I could keep going. The church, this church, is going to be about it all. We could be this church. And I want us to be a church that lives with such anticipation and excitement for what the day holds. I want people to live in freedom. Better yet, God desires it for us. Amen? So I had to give you those statements. Is that all right? Because for the next two and a half months, this is where we're going. And some of you, this might be a wrestling match. I just encourage you to keep coming. Keep showing up. Bring your Bibles. Can I ask that you actually bring your physical Bible? I don't ever ask that. Take, a, take out a note on your phone. Take notes. Especially today, I'm going to go through a bunch of scriptures right now. Take out your, I'm getting there. Take out your phones. Write down notes. Take notes. Go home. 
and study the word for yourself. If you're getting your feeding on Sunday and that's it, you're going to be starving by Wednesday. Okay? Doing all right. So we said we're going to, in this course of two and a half months, we're going to go upward focus, inward focus, and outward focus of the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to launch into the upward focus of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to entitle this message right now for just a few short more moments. Who is the Holy Spirit? (laughs) So pray with me, will you? Father, right now we have a few moments. Your presence is here. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're working and that you're speaking. And that there's going to be such a fire inside of each heart like never before. There's going to be a, the, the, the kingdom of heaven is literally going to invade people like never before. We're going to experience you. We're going to walk with you. We're going to have encounters with you. We're going to be led by your wisdom like never before. So would you do it in and among us, we pray in Jesus name. Amen. So upward focus starting today. Who is the Holy Spirit? We will begin today together and over the course of the next two weeks, answering the question, who is the Holy Spirit? It's not an easy task within the next 20 minutes. This is going to be a teaching moment here right now, and this is important for us to catch. This might be already caught and understood by some of you, but we need to lay this groundwork first before we go to any inward and outward action. This might feel luxury. I'm not Professor JP today. I don't want to be, but I really want to read this stuff to get us to understand who is the Holy Spirit. Spirit. This is the theology that will guide us. And actually, this theology has been the theology of the church for 2,000 plus years. This is, this is so true. Can, can I, I, I want to get into who is the Holy Spirit based off of what the church has believed for 2,000 years, because there is the spirit of the age right now literally trying to destruct and destroy the church and what the church has believed for 2,000 years. Can I tell you something? Scripture talked about it. Scripture said it would happen, but it doesn't mean we have to fall to it. Okay, I'm now down to 14 minutes left in the sermon. There is a doctrine of this age today that is not kingdom. And it sounds so true. It sounds so good. It's 99% sounds really good, but there's a percent of it missing. And in that, it's false. The church has believed some doctrine about the Holy Spirit for 2,000 plus years. And we, this house, attach ourselves to those things, to what the word says and what men and women, prophetically, apostles and, and leaders have said about this more than ever before. So when I ask the question, who is the Holy Spirit? The real question that I'm asking is, who is God? <laughs> Even better to answer in 15 minutes. Who is God? I'm not sitting here disclaimer. I'm not sitting here talking about the philosophical question about the idea, the concepts or the potential of God. That's, that's another work for another time. When I say, who is God, where we are answering the question of who is God. When we do that, we are answering the question about who the God of the Bible has revealed himself to be to us, that he is the supreme Lord over all creation. When I ask that question, what, what, what we're saying and asking is what is his identity to mankind? In order to understand the spirit, we have to understand who God is. This matters 
And it's important when we come to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we have to know what Yahweh the Father says about his spirit. We cannot fragment the, the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We have to understand when we say, who is the Spirit of God? The question that we're asking is, who is God? And so the very first thing that I have to define God as, the most basic foundational thing that I can say is, God is Trinity. Now, I've been wrestling all week to put this message together. And I said, that thing, really, God? I'm like, here, God is Trinity. We were studying together. Me and Pastor Dan, I was like, really, that's where we want to go? And it's essential for us to understand that God is Trinity. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 says this. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. God is Trinity. In Ephesians 4 and all throughout scriptures, I'm going to give you some references in a moment. We see the Spirit, we see the Lord speaking of Jesus, and we see that God the Father is spoken about here. The triune God. This is important theology for us to catch when we talk about the Spirit. Why? Because for us to understand who the Holy Spirit is, we need to know who Yahweh is. He is creator. He is king. He is all-knowing. He's all-sufficient. He, he, he puts you together in your mother's womb. He's all-powerful. He's, he's righteous. He's holy. He's all those things. We affirm that. We believe that. It is what the Word says about him. Those are all words that we know to be true of him, but those are attributes of God. Those are God's attributes. Like that is who he is and what he does. That's who, what he does. That, that is what he gives us. When we speak of defining God as Trinity, we must define his identity, not his attributes. And the fact that God is triune is the most essential, most basic thing we can say about them. This is his identity, the God above all gods, three in one. We can't fragment his identity. You hear me? And this is important for the reality today. Why am I saying this when it comes to speaking of the Holy Spirit? Because we have a doctrine of today that loves Jesus, but I don't want anything to do with the God of the Old Testament. I live by the Spirit, but I don't want to see a word about, I don't need this. I have the spirit. Guys, I, I'm in all sorts of circles. I, I'm a part of all different conversations. I hear this stuff. Maybe you're not like that. Maybe you never heard it, but it's the doctrine of this age. Oh, we're just going to be led by the wisdom of the spirit, but it doesn't align up to a single bit of wisdom of what the word talks about. Oh, I, 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 I'm not, God, God of the Old Testament's mean. I don't love, I don't want him. It's the same God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's three in one, different functions, different things. And we're going to get to that, but it's one. And we are getting fragmented in who God is. Are you with me, church? This is why this is important. When we want to know who the Holy Spirit is, we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity. God is Trinity. You can't separate one from the other. That, that the Holy Spirit is now given to us as the new and eternal covenant to lead us and guide us and direct us. Can I tell you something, though? That the Holy Spirit will never lead me into something that doesn't align up with his word. Now, that's really hard because there's some places like, who was I supposed to marry? I didn't open up the book and be like, landed the page of Rachel. <laughs> that would have been so sweet. I would have been like, this is a sign, Lord. Right? I mean, come on, right? There's, there's some things that you're like, well, am I supposed to take this job? Am I supposed to marry this person? Am I? 
The word will talk about what it means to find a godly woman, what it means to find a man of integrity, what it means to do with the money and the calling. The word talks about it, and the Holy Spirit will confirm it. This is a good word. I don't have much time. And sure, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Newsflash. But it's a concept that people throughout the ages, the creeds of old, the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, they came up with, with language to put to, to, to who God is and what he is and, and, and who he is for us to understand and to know that he is a father, that there was the son Jesus and that the spirit of God is with us. Now, all throughout scriptures, write these scripture verses down, down. Genesis 1, 1 through 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I love that passage of Scripture. I love Genesis 1, 1 through 2. In the beginning, the, 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 the world was chaotic, the world was formless, the world was empty, the world was dark, and who was there? The Spirit of God. Guess what? When the world is chaotic, when the world is dark, when the world seems out of control, guess who's available for us today? The Spirit of the living God is with us and for us, and I never again... Deuteronomy 6, 4. Matthew 3, 16 through 7. I could just rattle off scriptures. Jesus is baptized. He's baptized. It says that he went in the water. The Holy Spirit, like a dove, came down. It's imagery of that. That's imagery. Okay, I don't have time to go. We'll get there. A dove, like a dove, the Holy Spirit came down, filled him, and the, the voice of the Father spoke. Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus said to them, go to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You can't separate God if... You can't separate and break the Trinity apart. That is who God is. And there's a ton that we could go into. Ephesians 4 that I read. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 5. 2 Corinthians 13, 13. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. He doesn't separate himself. This is important for us to understand this stuff, that God is Trinity. That is who he is. That the creeds, the men and women, the church have given us these theological guardrails to help us understand the truth. It serves both to protect the divine truth and the mystery that is revealed. Can I, can I be honest? I could spend a year talking about the Trinity. I could have an examples. I could, I could have pulled out the orange. Is it the orange? Is that what pastors use? The orange? There's the peel. There's the orange. Is, this, is that an apple too? I'm looking at you like I... I could have used water. There's different forms of ways of, you with me? I'm, I'm just trying to get some framework here. This is really, the, the Trinity is not, a, it's a mystery to me. So I read that, I'm like, this is a mystery. But as I've discovered more of God who it is and get into his word and get into his presence and stay connected, he reveals himself to me. You know what the word says? When you seek him, you're going to find him. Anybody thankful for that? I can't find God. Maybe you're not looking for him. I won't go there. Pause. My wife is there. So once again, why does this matter? Because what the creeds, the Apostles' creeds, the Nicene creeds, and others, and the number of different texts, the word shows that the Holy Spirit is not just an element of God or a part of God or anything like that. Rather, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Remember what I said, that there's a fragmenting of the, of the Trinity of who God is today more than ever. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, of Yahweh. 
We have to come to know this truth prior to moving into anything else, that the Holy Spirit is God. To be able to answer this, we have to know that when we speak of the Holy Spirit, we are speaking of the one true God, that the Spirit is one of the members of the Trinity along with the Father and Jesus. Functionally speaking, which we're going to get to, the Holy Spirit is God's empowering personal presence. The Holy Spirit is God's empowering personal presence that is given to us. Anybody thankful for God's empowering personal presence that gives, is given to us? The Holy Spirit is the new and eternal covenant for mankind. The Spirit is God and God is the Spirit. What this means is that the eternal triune God has three persons in one and one of them being the Holy Spirit. Some of you know this. Some of you caught this. Some of you get this. This is crucial for us to understand. Now, throughout the New Testament shown in Acts 5, the story of Ananias and Sapphira. How many of you read that story and be like, this is whack? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Go read your Bibles. Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira. There's a new way, the new covenant. The Holy Spirit's here. And, and these two try to, try to rob God, basically. And they lie about it. And Peter confronts them and says, Satan has basically taken root in your heart and you have grieved the Holy Spirit. And for details sake, they, they die. One of them at a time. It's a really crazy story. There's a lot there to unpack. But, but, but then he says, Peter says, you've, you've grieved the Holy Spirit, but then he says, you've grieved God. He's not separating the Spirit from God. He's saying, like, now that we have the new eternal covenant, it doesn't mean that we just get to do whatever we want because we have the Spirit. You, when you grieve the Spirit, you, you grieve God. You with me, church? Baptizing nations and telling them to go. First, 2 Corinthians 3.17, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. What this means is that the Spirit is just as much God as the Father and the Son. Every bit of Godness, if that's a word that I can use, that the Father and Jesus have, the Spirit has as well. Therefore, we are called to acknowledge the severity and the weightiness and the holiness of the Holy Spirit. Worship team can come on up. Catch this. Why does this matter to us that we understand that the Holy Spirit is God? Because the reality is this, is that, and this is not to knock, please hear my heart on this. There have been places and moments in church history where we've separated, we've, 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 we've dismissed the spirit from the body. Now, now listen, I, I, I'm not here to say anything ill will or speak anything about, about any church or denomination. I love the church. But what's happened is over the course of time and over the course of history, the Holy Spirit has been something that Scripture never talked about. It's been shown to be something that really has never been what the Spirit wanted to do. I've grown up in a, in a, in a denomination, in a place where I watched the Spirit do some things, and I was like, this, this is weird. This, I don't know if this is the Spirit. And so what happens is, is for the safety of guardrails and theology, we've said, like, it's just too much. And so we're just going to focus on God. And some churches are just like, we're focusing on Jesus. And that's awesome. I'm not downplaying any of it. It's important. But what I'm sitting here saying is we can't say we love God. I've given my life to Jesus and say, but I don't want the spirit to invade my life. Because what we're saying is, is we're rejecting God. When you reject the Holy Spirit, you reject. Come on, God. That's a hard word, but it's the reality of the truth of who the Holy Spirit is, that when you, when you reject the Holy Spirit, you're rejecting God. 
So we don't want this. We want the Spirit's work in our life. We want the Spirit's continued work. We don't want to deny the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because the Holy Spirit is is one of the three persons of the Trinity. He is just that. The Holy Spirit is a person. Five more minutes. I know kids zone. Five more minutes. Five more minutes. You all right? You guys doing all right? The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not some force. He's not a force. He's an actual person. Oh, this is weird. I knew this church was nuts. Yeah, we are. But I believe something to be true, that the Holy Spirit is an actual person that has been given to us, in us, and all around us. One of the beautiful elements that the Bible reveals about God is that he's a person. The Holy Spirit is personable. Oh, I love the Spirit. He speaks to me. He talks to me. He moves in me. I get to walk with him. I started doing walks in 2020. I think maybe some of us did. I would get up early and I would start walking the streets. Forgive me for the personal stories. But for the first time in my life, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was like right next to me. Like I actually just felt like he was just like, All of you that have had fathers that haven't been around, that haven't been with you, the Holy Spirit's right there. The Holy Spirit's a person. So both the Father and the Son have personalities that engage with humanity, invite them into fellowship. The Holy Spirit is no different. In fact, the Holy Spirit is the most personable one out of all of them. This is because he enters into our person. He comes and makes his home in us. A statistic from Christianity Today, this was back in 2016, so it's a little bit older, I know, but it said that 59%, a majority of U.S. adults, evangelical believers, Christians, said that the Holy Spirit is a force and not a person. That that it's this idea that he's some Jedi force. Oh, the force is strong with you, Rich. Okay, today's context, what we say? The Holy Spirit's just a good vibe, good aura. Come on, people think this way. When you walk into a room, I can't tell you how many times I've walked into rooms. This is not about me, hear me. I've walked into rooms and, and I know someone's there and we start talking and they're just like looking me up and down and I'm like, can you just stop? Just say it, like you're gonna say it. I know you're gonna say it. I've been through this a lot. They're like, there's an aura about you. There's a vibe about you. I'm really digging your vibe. And I want to say every time, no, what you're digging is the Holy Spirit in me. The Holy Spirit's not some aura. Yes, it's the fragrance of my life, and it will pour out the fragrance of my life, but I actually get to walk with Yahweh's Spirit in me. The Holy Spirit is not just some force that we tap into when we need it. The Holy Spirit is not just something that we need when, when things are hitting the fan and we just need the Holy Spirit to intervene. The Holy Spirit is a person that wants to walk with you, wants to lead you, wants to commune with you, wants to be in relationship with you. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be rejected. The Holy Spirit can be wooed by your love for him. I believe this. You can reject the spirit of God's voice. You can reject the love that he would want to pour out on. You can do that because he's a person. And we're going to talk about this over the next couple weeks. And this might be new. This might be something that you've wrestled with. But I truly, we believe this, that the Holy Spirit is a person. It's the Spirit of God that wants to live in you and all around you and dwell with you, talk with you, be in relationship with you. The sign of the true believer is that the Holy Spirit's living in them. 
Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 talks about the seal of the Holy Spirit being the sign of salvation. That the Holy Spirit resting in you, coming and being around you, that is the seal. That's why when I interact with people that are of this world, I love them to death and I believe that God's gonna call a massive amount of people to salvation. Come on, I'm still believing that today. That, that when I get around them, the reason why they can sense something different, and I know the same for many of you, is because the seal of my salvation is the Holy Spirit with me, in me, all around me. It's the God's goodness that he's given me his spirit to rest in me. He's a person. He's sensitive. He's holy. He's protective. He's a bold person. He is real and present in any situation. He's tabernacling in us now. He's not confined to a box like the tabernacle of Old Testament, but he's actually tabernacling in us, speaking to us. This is who the Holy Spirit is. He's a part of the Godhead. He is the spirit of Yahweh. Just like Jesus didn't do anything that his father didn't tell him to do, the Holy Spirit is the same. That's why, why we got we to be careful when we, the Spirit told me so. Really? It sounds completely against what God would say. I know this is hard, but this is the reality of the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit's a person. So I want to pray right now. I want to pray for you. That you go home and you wrestle with this thing. You chew on this thing. That this is a concept, maybe. This is something, man, you've you got a really hard time with. Take these scriptures. Go listen to this. But I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would open up your hearts and that you would let him in and that you would receive him to speak to every part of your life. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just ask you to maybe hold your hands up as just a posture of surrender. Just as a posture of surrender. It's a universal sign of surrender. When anything comes, it's like, I, I, I surrender. But right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray for a deep impartation of you, of your spirit into every heart in this place. Burn them. Burn them deep within their hearts, a passion for the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray you would open up hearts, open up minds, open up ears, open up eyes to hear you, to receive from you, to be in communion with you, to walk with you, to talk with you, to be with you all the days of their lives. Holy Spirit, pour it out. Pour yourself out upon people. We, we surrender to you right now. And we bless you tonight, today. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're moving in our midst, that there's more with you, that there's more with you, that we are not satisfied with where we're at today. We trust and believe for more of your presence, more of your love, more of your leading, more of your grace, more of your mercy, more of you, Holy Spirit. We say yes to it today. And so we bless you and we love you. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. And everybody says...